You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. The Trek Files, Season 7, Episode 19, Star Trek The Next Generation DVDs. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Oh, welcome back, Star Trek fans. Yeah, canonistas, I say that lovingly. All of our tech heads. Hey, look, you know who you are. If you're a Trekophile, spelled with an F, you're going to love today's show. We're going to be examining some really unexamined territory here, but it's it's all about matters that are near and dear to every Star Trek fan's heart, especially if you have been around the franchise for the last decade or two or three. As, it, as everything about media keeps evolving, the way we talk about media and the way we talk about Star Trek and getting it to you and to even more fans. And you may know by now, we're going to welcome back a recent guest to the show to talk about some more of the revolutions that Star Trek was right in the middle of and, and his seat at the table involved in those revolutions. And yes, I'm talking about the great Don Beck, who writer, director, producer, so much of promotion and documenting, archiving, interviewing the features that you know about Star Trek the last few years and can largely find on YouTube now in many cases. Um, we've got him back to talk about another revolution Star Trek is involved in. Don, thank you so much for joining us again today. You're welcome. I'm here. You are. I'm ready to go. I want to talk about the thing that gets overlooked now. It's like we've gone through these er these compressed history eras. We, we were talking about it feels like a thousand years ago, but going back to what made VHS VHS and what led to DVDs and, and all the upgrades, Blu-rays and such. And Star Trek was right there as a, as a, at a revolutionary moment that really changed that industry. And you were there. Yes, I was. And, and that, that began the, the home video uh, revolution right. and all the studios now all of a sudden have home video departments, which was a way to recapture or enhance uh, the financial burdens they had uh, and the financial profits they wanted to have on, on their television shows. So then the VHS revolution came in, you know, uh, the beta and the max and all of that. And, but that's a separate story. That was a technical issue. But VHS tapes uh, begot that revolution. And at the time, uh, people like Mel Harris were wondering, why are we selling all of our shows, our videotapes to Blockbuster and Blockbuster in turn renting them? They were making millions, if not hundreds of millions this is of dollars. Mel Harris, one of the studio executives. That's yeah. right. Mel Harris, Dr. Mel Harris. Uh, he had a lot to do with research. He had his fingers in all kinds of things at, uh, at, at Paramount and home video was a very, very, very smart guy. And so he brought up the concept of sell through. And basically what sell through said was the studios, Paramount said, forget these tapes at $69, $79. Let's sell these tapes for 19. Let's, let's back up here a second. It's Tapes were a novelty, like VCRs were a novelty, right? And people thought about, oh, I can record my own video at home or I can watch a movie. But it was, you know, go and rent it at Blockbuster or whatever, and, or the mom and pop shop down the street. But it was at the very beginning, it was, it was a real niche thing. Before it got popular, it was almost like a hobby. Uh, it was because, yeah, the tapes to, to rent or buy, to, to buy, the tapes to buy were like 80 bucks, right? Like two-hour movie. That's correct. 
um, the, you know, you could you could you could rent tapes because what was very popular was three quarter inch cameras. Right. So you could record, you know, weddings and bar mitzvahs and backyard nonsense and things like that. And you could go rent tapes at gas stations. And then Blockbuster, of course, became huge. Right. And uh, they were they were they were renting the tapes to people, not selling them because they right. were too expensive. So back to the issue. Mel, Mel Harris came up with the concept of sell through and they said, let's just sell through the tapes directly to the consumer and basically bypass Blockbuster. And Blockbuster was a client of mine and they weren't that happy about it. But that's how that came to be. They started to sell these tapes much cheaper and directly to the consumer. So that's basically the direct-to-consumer market was started through the home video departments of the studios. Because as long as tapes were 80 bucks retail, it made total sense to go rent one for three or four or five bucks. Right, yeah, a movie you didn't even know if you liked. That's right. Right, right. And that's where the whole rental industry came from was high-priced tapes until, until Mel Harris and this idea. What was the motion picture, right? That's right. That's where it began and stuff. So now all of a sudden you had motion pictures you could buy for 20 bucks. Right. But Star Trek, the motion picture was the one they took the gamble. That's correct. Once again, here's Star Trek, our biggest asset. Let's lead with that on this new, this new paradigm. That's right. So when that came about, all the studios went, oh, where have we been? Now we're going to take all of this product and we're going to make sell-through. We're going to make videotapes on this. Now, what was interesting about that, the concept of videotape, videotapes really wanted to only fit X amount of tape on each videotape because tape Mm -hmm. physically was expensive. So basically there was no trailers as we know it. There was no extras. There was no bonus tape. There was none of that stuff on the videotape because it would take, God forbid, another three or four minutes of tape, which was too expensive. You're laughing, but it's no, the no. truth. This is like, I've got one shot on this roll of film. Go waste that last one so I can get it developed. Or finite space in a newspaper page, right? It's all about finite analog space. Digital was not a concept. It's all about the the, the, the space, the territory, right? The positioning yeah. of it as well. So anyways, that's how tapes became about. And while that was going on, the revolution and the studios through their home video departments, and I was very much involved with that, marketing those tapes because I would do for Paramount. Mm-hmm sales presentations at the various conventions around town like the the videotape association here and that association there and I would sell the tapes and I would go to Las Vegas and everybody would bring their wares and all the consumers would go there and see what was going it was a very very big deal so I was I was doing work for Blockbuster I was doing work for Paramount I was putting on shows I was directing these various events uh, and having a good time and making a good living at it At the same time, they were working on DVDs. The studio loved the thought of DVDs because it was cheaper to produce DVDs. They didn't have to worry about length with DVDs. They didn't have to worry about a lot of technical issues. The only thing they had to worry about was whether or not they were being duplicated or pirated. That was a big issue. Much bigger issue with DVDs, pirate, than there was with VHS. And I think at some point... I think at some point someone just said, someone's going to copy our stuff. We just got to move on beyond it. They've got to make it cheap mm-hmm. enough where they're not going to buy a pirated tape. So I remember a particular meeting while the whole VHS thing was going on. I wasn't doing that much work except for the, the presentations I was doing. And um, Tim Clot, who was the then head of Paramount Home Video, 
who was a golf friend of mine, by the way, who actually sponsored him at La Costa. Him and Gene, he had a sign. Yeah, with all comes another golf Gene Lacosta. Another, story. yeah, I owe it all to golf, and I'm I, I've gotten worse instead of better. That's the bad news. But in any event, I've almost given up the game. So uh, I have this meeting with Tim Clot, and I see that he's a, a golfer. One thing leads to another. We become friends, and all these executives had these buttons, and you could push the button on the table, and the door would close. It was just he and I. The nice thing about my relationship with my clients, it was one on one. They knew I did not like meetings. Uh, with it, committee. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't that type of guy and they figured it out and the door closed and I go, what's going on, Tim? And you know, I thought maybe he's going to smoke a joint with me or something. <laughs> but that was, and he goes, there's this revolution going to take place beyond VHS. And he takes this thing. I go, oh, that's a, that looks like a, uh, uh, it wasn't called a DVD at the time. It was um, on music video, right? Mm-hmm. He says, no, it's a disc. He said, but movies are going on here. So he throws it in the machine and it was like a three or four minute presentation that somebody had made for him on DVD and what it was going to be. He said, we can put an infinite amount of material on here, on these DVDs. Not only can we put the episodes, but we can put bonus materials because the only way we believe that we are going to sell DVDs is with bonus materials. And I'm thinking, what do you mean by bonus materials? How many, how many sagas of Star Trek can I make? <laughs> He goes, no, what we're going to do is, what you're going to do, points to me, is, is, but nobody knows this yet. You'll go out and do interviews and do behind the scenes and, and interviews with the, the cast and the crew and how they made it. We're going to pull a curtain back and we're going to show how Star Trek does that, that green screen. We're going to, you're going to go talk to Rick Berman. He's going to talk about how he cast this. You're going to go talk to Michael Piller and how he came up with that particular character, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I go, great, a new business. How many, what are we going to do? A couple, three or four minutes? She says, no, we're going to do like 30 to 40 minutes of bonus materials on each tape. And I'm going, ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. Oh, this is all good news for me. And so he says, so keep it under your hat. I'll let you know when it's going to happen. So it was a while until the studio now had to develop an entire division within the mm-hmm. studio because they didn't want it going outside of publishing, as it's called, or producing the DVDs. They would take the original negatives. Remember, Star Trek Next Generation was all shot on film. Clean it up, transfer it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then from that, I would then go do these interviews as aforementioned, and they would add those as bonus materials. And that was a huge selling point to DVD because now they had to convince the studios the cat was out of the bag. They had to convince people, forget about VHS. <laughs> We're going to give you a new way to watch Star Trek. We're going to give you a DVD. And hold on, there's more. There's going to be a half hour of behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And for fans, before the phrase binge watching came in, for fans to be able to watch all of their episodes and all of these bonus materials, it was a godsend because it was relatively cheap. And now no broken tape, no dropout. No fading, you know, after a while. And, and more than just the, uh, the episode of the movie. And, and right? a DVD is cheap. It's pennies. Versus a videotape was relatively expensive. A blank videotape was relatively expensive to produce. So they could produce this mm-hmm. on a DVD. So that's what I did. And, and, and smaller on the shelf. Say again? A smaller on the shelf. A DVD, DVD box is half the size of a VHS. Or that's whatever. right. So, yeah. So they, effective, they effectively and inadvertently 
put Blockbuster out of business. There was no reason to rent. You could buy an entire year's worth of Star Trek with 30 or 40 minutes of bonus materials for, I don't know what are the number they were going for, $39, $49, $59, depending on when they came out. And Paramount Home Video was brilliant at marketing these special limited edition DVDs and the marketing of the DVD cases for Star Trek were some of the best that were ever produced. And part of that was, you know, I won the Saturn award for um, best DVD, best collection of DVDs and stuff because Paramount's Paramount's department that produced the DVDs were the best in the industry. Well, and they had all that material to work with and sell. Yes. And you know, half of it make, that's, uh, that's amazing. I'm sorry. I should have been introducing you as the Saturn Award winning Don Beck here all this time. Well, I introduced myself. Okay. So that's two. <laughs> Can we get a third and, uh, you know, call it a day? Yes, that was my big claim to fame and stuff. And, you know, the funny thing about that, when I won that award, I almost was not going to go. And they said, no, nah, wink, 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 you better go, which basically told me, you know, I'm, I'm going to win. And the thing was, the Saturn Award, I don't even know, if this still exists, Saturn Award? Oh, yeah. Just had a new that Star Trek won three awards just recently. Yeah. yeah. So they, they um, it wasn't a slam dunk. I can't remember who I was up against at the time, but it was it was a tough audience and stuff. And Rick Berman was a little green with envy that I won the award. He says, I think I should get that award. I said, it's a DVD, Rick. <laughs> it's for winning a DV award for a DVD collection. Has nothing to do with your show. Don't you think you have enough, you know, Emmys and Golden Globes and the rest of that? You know, Rick was real funny about that. I remember that he was a little, little t taken aback that I won it. But it, he was—that's another story. <laughs> it's a category, Rick. I don't run the awards. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what, you know, what year was this? What year would you say the oh, DVD? Jesus, I don't know. You're going to have to look it up. I can't even Well, remember. our photo, our document of the week this week is a photo that I think is 2002. Is that about Yeah, right? that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. that, that sounds about right that I won it and stuff. Well, that's interesting. That, what, what did Star Trek win the new uh, Saturn Awards for? Well, uh, uh, Discovery won series. Um, Patrick Stewart won at lead actor on Picard. And Doug Jones won supporting actor for Discovery. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I won the award. It was at the Kodak Theater. It was the first or second year it was around. And it was a beautiful, you know, event. Right. And I was brought up there and I was really thrilled to, uh, you know, I hadn't gotten that many awards. And, and I loved that award that I got. It was, you know, it, and, and frankly, you know, I should have won it. And it wasn't just for me. I wasn't the only one who worked on the DVDs. There was a lot of people that, that worked for, for Beckola mm -hmm. at the time that had uh, a fingers to do. All my editors and producers that worked with me. Although I really liked doing the interviews for the bonus features. And that's really what we won for. We didn't win for the episodes. We, because that was produced obviously by the studio, we won for all the bonus materials and they, we really did a good job with the bonus materials. We, we gave the Star Trek fan best bang for their buck. Those DVDs, if you look back at them, I was looking at them in the other day, were as good as the things that I've ever produced. Well, and every as every new generation of media and the demand for new bonus features to give people something fresh, uh, those have never gone away. They still keep reusing your, you know, those original documentaries and all the features, all the bonus features are have not gone away. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, we, we are, with the streaming era we're now in, which is the newest iteration of watching television and shows, I don't think people care so much about those as much as they did back in the day. We, on the, the Star Trek bonus materials, 
We pulled back the curtain, but not all the way. We didn't give away all the secrets. We wanted people to look at the bonus features and get a sense of that particular episode and what those particular stars were, were working towards as, a, as, a, as an actor. They never, ever tired of me interviewing them, and I put that microphone in front of their face dozens of times. Well, act and creatives. Yeah, yes. All, all, yeah, crew folks as well as actors. As too. well. Right. So the, the crew people would, would, they would ask, they would answer interesting questions about, well, how did that taser work? How did that laser work? How did they, you rig that particular scene? How did it work? And at the time, maybe there was much more interest in behind the scenes than there is now. But we gave Star, the Star Trek fan uh, something to look at and something to remember. Well, Don, the place you're sitting right now is a home to folks who are interested in the behind the scenes. <laughs> the history of Star Trek and the behind the scenes and how that's changed and altered and affected today from the, you know, over the years. Nothing is old and dusty when it comes to real historians and Star Trek. It all, it all piles into what we're doing today and what we'll be doing tomorrow. So once again, Don, thank you so much for, for pulling back the curtain on this aspect of Star Trek and production. And again, it's something that has touched so many fans' lives and people don't stop to think about. So uh, thanks again for sharing with us. It's my pleasure anytime, Larry. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment Executive Producer Rod Roddenberry. All of our documents and your chance to comment and please do, guys and gals, are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. Now, for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47, uh, that's me, at larrynimacek.com. And that's where you can link in now for all the new Trek Files swag and shirts at our T Public shop, too. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.